And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season two of the AWS Wrestling Shootout. I am your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard. We are sponsored by Touch My Bass Productions with Christopher Dickens. And tonight, on this wonderful show, we are on a trip to Crystal River, Florida, all the way from Augusta, Georgia. Our first guest is tonight on season two premiere. We talked a lot of smack about this guy in the first season here, but I promised him I would get on my show for a chance to redeem himself. I am talking about the man himself, the Black Rose, Christian Fury. Also here tonight, he's kind of like a co-host of mine. He's here and here. He's a former commissioner of AWF, former hardcore champion, Alan Luke Shadow. What's up, boss? What's going on? All right, we got we got we got our first guest here is Christian Fury, aka J. Carl Gargans. Oh, I'm sorry, I said it backwards. Wow. Carl J. Gargans, excuse me. Bossman, how you doing? Are we are you talking to your co-pilot? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. You, know, you don't look nice well. Nice cold day on. You don't. You don't. You don't. 3:46 in the morning at 28 degrees. You know we're we're chilling. Yeah, we're chilling. All right, my friend. You know, I, I'm gonna say it's an honor to have you on my show. I know you're a big time indie wrestler on the CSRA. Yeah, man, who's been blowing? And I'm rolling, up your and I'm rolling my eyes when I say all this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, who's been blowing smoke up your tailpipe, really? Uh, actually, it was you. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, all jokes aside, my friend. Hey, this this is the shootout. Okay, explain how the rules go here. It's okay to speak your mind. Say what you want to say. You can say names or you can choose not to say names. You know, during the first season, I've had James Houston. I've had Christopher Dickens. I've had Chris Wiggins. I've had the Professor David Yale. Some of these guys, you know, would 100%. I I wouldn't say they're in your fan club. Well, it's not only at the top sometimes. So you consider yourself at the top of the professional wrestling world right now? No, 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 no. But it's lonely at the top. The way I say it like this is when, <laughs> apparently, when stuff starts going right for you, your numbers start dwindling because everybody wants the spot that you're in. I understand that, man. But so that's why I say it's lonely at the top. I'm not saying I'm the best there is. Best there was, best there ever will be. It's still a phrase from Brett the Hitman Hart. But I'm going to say it like this. When to stuff, be the man, you have to be the man, right? Just, when stuff starts going your way and not theirs, people start looking at you differently. People that you thought were your friends, thought were your were your brothers, they're the first ones to stab you in the back. That's all I'm gonna say on that issue. You know but me. Anyway. You know me and Chris know that firsthand. By the way, if you listen to the Pain Foundation podcast, you'll hear that exactly. But okay, I'll, I'll jokes aside here. I'm gonna be a professional, and I want my viewers to understand that everything we're about to talk about. You know myself. Bill Blanchard, Christopher Dickens, and Jake Argan. They all had a talk. We're going to hash out our issues, but we will discuss it here on this podcast right here. So, like I said, man, say what you want to say, and don't worry about hurting my feelings, because I ain't going to be afraid to hurt yours. Um, but this is a two-parter podcast. So before I get all the deeper parts, that's going to be in part two of the podcast. We're going to discuss your issues with Christopher Dickens. All right? This right here, the first part of my family, I'm going to build you up before I kick you in the balls. This is about your career, your wrestling career. What was some of your greatest, like when you first started wrestling, you know, we, we know you started wrestling in AWF, we know the whole story, but in your mind, what, what was going through your mind when you wanted to do this thing? Well, when I first initially started, figured it would be an opportunity to 
my only opportunity to be able to wrestle. You know, we're we're freaking from Augusta, Georgia, or Harlem, Georgia, however you want to call it. This is the closest city, the closest big city to us is Augusta. Like so Grove we Town. always claim Augusta, you know. But Grovetown, Harlem, you know, because we went to high school in Harlem. Um, but you know. We always wanted a wrestling team in high school, which our high school was the only one in the county. They didn't have a wrestling team. It still sucks to this day, by oh, the way. Oh, they finally got one now. What? Yeah. Good God, are you serious? It only took Harlem High School has got a wrestling team. It only took them almost 20 years. 20 some, 50 some years? This is ridiculous. But anyway, anyway, going through my mind at that point in time was this is my chance to be able to do something that I enjoyed watching on TV. And, um, would never have the chance to get there because you know I was always told growing up or go you know mainly from your parents or whatever from one saying you you're not big enough you're not going to be big enough because these guys are six foot six six foot seven three hundred something pounds you're five foot nothing they're not going to look anything into you they just look over you you won't be you'll be a nobody so you know we created AWF to be able to wrestle and that's what we did you know that was my mindset was the ability to be able to wrestle well i understand this though when we first started this thing in awf was it supposed to be sports entertainment or pro wrestling or real greco roman shoot wrestling <laughs> tell us what happened there uh, well the four of us we didn't know what we were exactly doing it was supposed to be sports entertainment but things kind of went real a little bit you know but Nobody ever said it was going to be real or sports entertainment, so, but we just winged that first couple of shows, and it wasn't until about the second or about the third or fourth show that stuff started really getting serious. Now, my question is to you in the very, very beginning of AWF. Now, it's been said, and I'm glad I've got Alan Luke here, because he used to argue me saying, that's BS crap, it didn't happen, but... You and Chris Diggins had a battle royal, which only two guys participated battle, you and him. And was it for the hardcore title? And Christopher won that, didn't he? I mean, I wasn't there, I'm just asking. Because Christopher told me in his podcast, that was the first official match in AWF. Allen, on the other hand, said, no, it wasn't true. Ben Hill one time had said, no, the first match I had was the four of you guys in a battle royal where Ben won the heavyweight title. But you and Chris said, before that ever happened, y'all wrestled in his backyard. The day before the show, and it wasn't for a championship. We didn't it have wasn't, a championship. I could have sworn it was for the hardcore title. No, no, okay. we didn't have a championship. My the mistake. first ever championship that ever came in was the AWF championship. The AWF Which championship. Hurricane won. Hurricane Ben Hill won. But the official first match that took place was me and Chris one-on-one -on -one because we decided to test the, what semblance of a ring we had out. And what kind of match was it? It was a straight-up match. Um... So it wasn't a battle royal, y'all just do We had a battle royal that day too, which oh, was just okay. me and him. Okay. So okay. it wasn't really much of a battle royal. <laughs> um, so we went one on one. I defeated Chris in a one on one match. Chris defeated me. He got my feet out of the out from underneath the ropes, which was the rules at the time. Um, which was whoever, if your feet went outside the ring and touched the floor or ground, you lost. So by any means necessary, and you know. Chris beat me on that one, but I won the one-on-one -on -one match. So that was the first two matches. I can't remember which one was first, which one was second. That's kind of hazy on me, but those were the first two matches in AWF. It was the day before the official show with Ben Hill and uh, Tank Williams. Now, when you had the first show with Tank Williams and Hurricane Ben Hill, we know the story how Hurricane tricked you 
of winning the AEW Heavyweight title. How how did he trick you? Tell us the story how Hurricane Ben this, Hill first this won the title. This is kind of humorous. Okay, how the how the ring was designed, which keep in mind when I'm saying ring, it's not an actual wrestling ring or not even anywhere close to it. We had four little pieces of like two by twos put in the ground with chairs holding them up, oh, with wow. with twine wrapped around the post, and we had some wood wood like um, you would put to to divide rooms like underneath the door or whatever else, different floor textures or different floor heights or whatever else. He had that on the ground, and um, on one side of the ring. It was a little bit further out than what the other side was. Now, keep in mind, the ring was flush to the ground. You're rustling on ground. So, when he convinced me, we'll just step out and um, we'll do a one-on-one match for the heavyweight title. Okay, Ben was the first one to step out. So, I was like, okay, well, I just won this match because he was the first one to completely step out. So, I went ahead and finished stepping out. And... um, and when he said that he won, and I'm looking, he's like, my feet never left the ring apron. My feet are still on the apron. And I looked, he's standing on the wood where the wood was a little bit more inside of the ring on me, so I completely stepped out. That's how he became the first AWF champion. Hurricane Ben Hill, Connor's way through the title. And you didn't try to stop him. You didn't try to get in his face. Or you, or you really just accepted defeat like that? Well, figured... I was the last guy out of the ring. I'd get a rematch eventually, you know. It wasn't really anything we know. All four of us were friends at the time, so, you know. So hey. it wasn't no real hard feeling. You just got like, <laughs> okay, no. you got me. No, he he tricked me. He honestly tricked me, and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. You know, it was one of those, okay, you know, there'll be another match another time. You know, wasn't really anything about animosity or anything like that at this point. You know, it, it was, okay, you won, I lost, I accepted it. You know? Now, my understanding correctly here, when Ben Hill won the belt, he didn't want to put nobody over for our sports entertainment. It was him and what it decided to make it real. If you want this belt, you got to beat me for real. Is that correct, or um, what, what, what happened there? Because I wasn't in the picture at this point. No, you yet. weren't in the picture. I don't exactly 100% remember how, how it went for that point. I just know that hurricane will put obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and only defended it when he really wanted to defend it at the time and um, I think within like like I said by about the third show in or the fourth it wound up turning to where it was more of a Greco-Roman style wrestling where we weren't doing the sports entertainment that we were actually trying to get to legitimately pin our opponents or make them submit because it started turning into like a ego or a pride thing, you know. Because once Ben got a hold of that title, honestly, you don't want to let it go. So it was one of those, the way he won it was in a battle royal. Yeah, he tricked me, but, you know, when the chips were down, he defended when he wanted to defend. And he started creating rules and between him and Tank, because I think Tank was trying to act as the president or somebody that was in charge at the time. That's when Commissioner Alan Wood came into play. That was it. And, um, of course, keep in mind that I wasn't there for every little show that happened because there was a lot of little shows that happened with the introduction of, like, Tristan Guilford as, um, I can't remember what his name was. D'Angelo. 
yeah, D'Angelo, Tim Gagner, Tim Gagner and, which pretty much comprised all of Darkside, which was mainly the football team um, for Highland High. And um, so, I mean, after that, I heard that Tank supposedly won the heavyweight title, supposedly lost it back to Ben, and everything like that so i mean there's a lot of history in that little brief moment that i'm kind of if you yeah we did touch it on another podcast y'all had with commissioner and luke he explained the whole deal um i am a little bit of time restraints on my show here boss man if y'all mind i want to try to jump ahead of the game here a little bit right. sports entertainment coming up i think it was backyard no what i'm sorry i'm sorry i want i want to talk about backyard brawl three but that's important too you know, it was one of the last real events we did until years later. This is 2001. Okay, I'm getting ready to go off to the Marine Corps. At the time, I didn't know it was going to be the last show. All right. You was in a match with Diablo, David Clark, was basically made his debut in the AWF, but came in like a wrecking machine. He was big, he was strong, he was tough. You get you get told by Alan Luke, be ready, because that's good. Because you're going to be in a fight for your life. And I didn't get told who my opponent was until... Yeah, you didn't get told your opponent was to what? He was introduced to the ring? Well, see, this is what... This is what um, transpired. Um, a month or so beforehand, because keep in mind, Backyard Brawl 3 was the only show we did that year. Because January tried to do the show, couldn't get everybody on together. February tried to do a show... March we tried to do a show. I think we wind up doing it on WrestleMania, which I think was WrestleMania April, 17, April 1st that year. Yep. Um, which I was I'm wrong. You were supposed to. You were supposed to have a one-on-one match, match with Hurricane. Hurricane yeah, yeah. The title against me. Yes. But once again, his dad has a heart attack for the fifth time. Or why he couldn't show up? Seven. I know, right? January couldn't show. February couldn't show. March couldn't show. You know. Um, Tank was, I forgot what the circumstances was, but Tank was trying to say somebody else was going to be going for the title, and that's when the commissioner, Alan Luke, stepped in and said, no, he'll be defending against Fury. Because I'm having a pain and pleasure. Right. And um, I can't say Hurricane was scared, because I think what it is, Hurricane just did not want to defend the title. I can't say that he was scared of the challenge or whatever else, but it was pretty much the same old song and dance, even with you. You know, when you were trying to go for his title, he tried to find every excuse in the book to either keep the title or not defend it. Jay, I call a spade a spade. He was scared, dude. Okay. But, uh, um, so that's what led up to this. This was his third opportunity that year to defend the title, and he no-showed. So, I already knew I was getting a title shot because... That was my night to... I was pretty much the number one contender. So I knew walking in that I was going to go for the title. Well, I told Commissioner Alan Luke, don't pick me because I've, I just, I've just reached the title. Yes. The title got put up between you and Ben was right. going basically. And I wanted to see my legacy continue and I wanted to see somebody else win that championship so it would tell me that AWF will still go on. You right. know? So I would continue from my... <laughs> As a matter of fact, I can't remember who came out first because it's been years. Um, but I believe it was you. I came out. I debuted new music at the time. Whoopty freaking do. You know, it changed 50,000 times since then. <laughs> um, I get to the ring. The next thing I know, I see David Clark, a.k.a. Diablo, come out. Of course, keep in mind, before this match, I had hurt my shoulder. 
Um, I can't remember what type of matchup I was in. I think I was. Didn't we had two rumble matches that day. He got right. his shoulder in one of those matches. Right. Um, I think. Yeah, it was one of those rumble matches where we're deciding championships. That I wonder why rumble me, but for the tag team right. rumble, that was a, I think it was a tag team rumble. That my shoulder tag, got shoulder got injured. Right, and um, my shoulder, my left shoulder was killing me. And I see this big obstacle coming out. I'm going, I can't lose. It's pretty much what went through my mind is I was going to refuse to lose. If that makes sense, no matter what, I am not going to lose. You know, of course, matches prior to that, I was getting ready to go into Marine Corps, and I would just quit real quick, and I said, hey, this ain't worth my military career. I'm just going to, yeah, I know I'm caught. Well, yeah, I'm you done. get permanently injured. You know. Unless you're tapping out. No, no, of course not. But, you know, but, <laughs> golly, the match went on forever. Two and a half hours, Mark, you know. It, it, As some people dubbed it the match of brotherly love. Yeah. And others go sit there and go, <laughs> it's like the same move in repeat over and over again. Yeah, it was the same move repeat and, over and over. The problem was he got kept grabbing the rope, right the hole, right the hole. This the part where Clark got frustrated. Yeah, got frustrated, but he forgot that he went for the ropes about the same amount of times I did. Because I'd go for the same hold, he'd get out of it and get my shoulder, and then I would go for the same thing, go for the ropes. So... He takes out the ring. I do a DX chop and say, oh, oh, Fury, it's over. You done did, did it now. And I remember looking dead at the camera and doing the whole DX sucking thing. And David Clark rushed me with the same move, and I put everything I had into it, and David tapped. It was the uh, Fury Crossface, which is right. a version of the uh, Chinese Deathlock Hole, the guillotine. Right. Very similar, very similar. Except this was just a standing version of yeah. it. I didn't yeah. go down. Yeah. Yeah. And after he couldn't find a pressure point, he tried to reach for a rope and realized that he had already taken them down, so it went to a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, <laughs> so he wound up tapping. And of course, from what I'm being told, after I won, mainly by you because he turned you around as he was Well, you leaving. see it on the camera. I'm walking in the ring congratulating David stopped me. He said, I just gave it to him. The hell would I just gave it to him. I'm like, man, whatever. I'm shut about outside and went to you and I, and I embraced you because you won the match. Like it or not, you tapped out, you lost, you won the match. You but, finally become But this was world. after my very Kurt Angle-ish victory. Oh, Lord, yes. As soon as that music played. The sad thing is, we're playing music during the whole match. Yeah, the whole WWF Volume 3 CD. As soon as he tapped out, Kurt Angle's music to a D. And I was like, yes. Yes, jumping up and down. I was like pre-Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan. Was I Daniel know, Bryan, right? Doing the yes chance and then going down, doing the whole Kurt Angle thing. I didn't realize I was marking out because we didn't know what marking Mark's out word, was back then. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even realize I was doing a Kurt Angle until I started listening and started really paying attention that Kurt Angle's music is being played in I the background. I know, right? So I thought, honestly, I was being ribbed. <laughs> but it was just happened to be the track Pure that happened to come on that. It, it was a good moment for AWF. But, but now moving on now, bro. You, you, we start, you and Christopher decided, I will bring this up in another podcast. I'm trying to be cool tonight. About you guys left the real division, started doing sports entertainment, and you were just getting ready to go to the Army. You said, you told me that you want to do a match 
that would leave your legacy. That you wanted to leave something special. You wanted something special tonight. You know much I'm referring to? Uh, I do believe that's the one where it was me and Chris. I was defending the AWF Heavyweight Championship against him. In backyard Brawl 4. Backyard right. Brawl 4. This, this is probably one of the craziest thing I think you ever done at that time in sports entertainment. But walk me through it. What was the match? Uh, pretty much, if I'm remembering correctly. Two or three falls, wasn't it? I could be mistaken. I can't remember. Honestly. Okay, let me ask you this question now. What the hell are you thinking you climb on top of a tree, jump out of a damn tree, do a Rob Van Dam version, version frog splash, and land a crystal on the Okay, table. I was getting this match mixed up with my last match with AWF at this point in time. <laughs> okay, my thought pattern was I was going to leave something for people to remember. And the Birches and the Taylors, you know, same family, um, had put, they had made like a wooden ladder on this tree. Yeah. And put a, like a two by four going across to another tree. Yeah. Held in maybe by a nail a piece. <coughs> and I was looking at it going, hmm, we've got wood, we can make shift a table. Lay Chris on it and I'm gonna jump off of that two by four held in by two nails. On to Chris down there. Down below. See, looking from the ground, looking up, you're going, that ain't so high. But let me tell you something. After we, we've talked about it, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to end the match. Um, I climbed to the top of this thing. And as I'm climbing, Chris is getting smaller. And um, me, I have a complexity for heights anyway. Yeah. But looking up, I'm thinking, oh, it ain't that bad. But when I was up there and I was looking down, it was like one of those, holy crap. I'm committed now. I'm up here. There's no reason why it's being recorded. There's people there watching, cheering us on. You know, hell, I'm up here. Might as well do it. You know, this is the first time that I've done anything like that. And, uh, and what I tried to do is a five-star frog splash. It looked more like a tadpole frog splash, but... It looked like you were trying to fly like a baby bird. Yeah, like falling out, out of a nest. Or but, trying to fly. That's what know, it like. <laughs> But from first person view, I was like Rob Van Dam for like two seconds. You know? Oh. But looking back, I was like, dang, I don't remember that being completely that way, but camera footage ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but, but, uh, but explain the impact. That's your first time you ever felt an impact like that. Yeah, this is the first time I through. Yes. Really, my legs and knees hit the table first. Ooh. And... You can't pull your knee out. Well, you know, we didn't know 100%. I mean, yeah, we knew there was risk involved, but since nobody's done it to that extreme at this point in time, and I've never jumped off anything like that before, you know? So, it was one of those, it was an adrenaline rush. I mean, my knees felt it later, but, you know... It was an adrenaline rush, and we had to try to figure out a way to really heat things up because now we're about to go into our last match. Awesome. Um, so, but that's pretty much what was going through my mind. I was like, God, Lee, what did I just do, or why am I doing this? You know, but you had to remind but that, apparently that wasn't the last match, though. So you guys do another match about a month later for Annihilation. So. Right. Annihilation was my what, official. What last decided match. to do one more match because that was supposed to have been the big match, the big bang. 
but you decided to do one more match. Did you feel like you didn't do what you wanted to do, or, or you feel like, you know what, I gotta do something better? I, to me, it was like, I've gotta do something better. I don't wanna leave with a championship around my waist. I wanna, you know. Why didn't you put Chris over that particular to back up on four? <coughs> I've heard multiple <coughs> stories, but. Uh, you know what, I've heard the same multiple stories. I can't remember exactly why. It was just this how we called the match, and that's just how we decided to end said match. And I didn't want to leave with a championship on my shoulder or carrying it, you know. So I was like, well, right now, Chris is the, the perfect person to do it because I'm locked in with this feud with him. It would make sense for me to drop the title to him, you know, before my I question, leave. My question is now, now, Christopher was one of the first persons on my podcast show, and I asked him this question, and he has some derogatory statements to say about it. I told Christopher, and I was under the impression, was that you were supposed to drop the belt to Christopher. Christopher was supposed to hold that belt until you come back, and you're supposed to win it back. Because apparently, because after you put Christopher over in the hellacious match at Annihilation, the very next the very next show, Christopher did, he dropped it to Brandon Parker. Now, you had ill will toward that, because my understanding was Parker wanted the belt. Chris said, no, he wouldn't give him a push. I mean, what's your take on that? Well, this is my initial impression, because me and Chris talked about the whole thing. Okay. This is the part where things, I guess, start kind of going, well, this person did this, this person said that. The initial impression was I was going to drop the title to Chris, Chris was going to have a run with it, and when I came back, I would be going back after that AWF championship, you know, uh, against Chris. Whether if I won it or lost it, it wouldn't have mattered. That would have been my returning point. Right. He had a hold of that title, and it would have been the curse of the 187. Now, Chris's point of view was it was never discussed about this championship, so... You know, we decided to make the 187 championship just to help out storyline and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I was told I was just to appease your ego. Yeah, to appease my ego. And if I had an ego, wouldn't I want to leave with the championship? Say, hey, you got to figure it out on your own. I'm walking out with the AWF championship. You know, That's an interesting point, too. You know, if I had that big of an ego. Now, oh, I'm going to anyway. sit there and say this on my podcast. I can give two flying foot two flip feelings. I heard... And to be a to be a wrestler in the wrestling business and to love professional wrestling, we all got egos, guys. Yes, I we agree. all got. I egos. agree. We got an ego to a degree. But I'm talking about. I'm. This is what I'm talking about. Where my ego wasn't too big for the AWF. Okay. You know, I put Chris over so the title could go on and not have to be okay. Well, he walked out as champion. Now what do we do? But were you, know, you were you upset that Parker cut the book? Because that was my impression. I could be here, wrong. Here's but. the thing about that. I was upset because everything that I thought was planned was just turned upside down, and now we're going after a 187 championship, a championship that didn't exist before. Now all of a sudden we're going, oh, that's like our hardcore title. Okay. How's a 187 a hardcore title? It made no sense to me either, but I was in the military at the time. So I, could, I had no say so. You know, and, of course, at this point in time, we went from AWF to EWWA. Mm-hmm. And um, so, which the name changed, whatever. You know, I was like, okay, um, I was supposed to be going after Chris Dickens for the heavyweight championship. Uh, so apparently, I find out Chris drops the belt to Parker the very next show that they do. 
and uh, I'm like, what happened to you running with it? Well, I saw that we needed to give Brandon a push. I'm like, dude, what about you? I dropped the belt to you to have a push, you know? So, of course, when I get back from 187. No, once again, made no absolutely no <coughs> sense. No sense. And I'm like, but it's okay. We got the 187 championship now. And, of course, I've heard years later that the 187 championship was created to appease me. So you wouldn't be up. So you were still getting tied. So you wouldn't so be So I was upset. getting a title. I was coming back to a title. I'm like, it didn't matter if I won or lost. My that was thing, the sole purpose of me coming back, you know, when the numbers was, Jay, if I could say that, what I told Christopher was, I said it made no sense because y'all did a hellacious match at Annihilation. You broke Fury's neck, put him on fire, buried him. I mean, it was just like the perfect match. What a, a, a dramatic injury. So, Christian, you just got the biggest push of your career. Now you're the number one heel of the company. You should have ran as the number one heel of the company. Yeah, Parker should have matched with you. Parker should be putting you over. You know, then maybe when Jay comes back, Jay wins the belt. Then maybe Parker gets a chance against Jay. Then Jay could put Parker over. But at the time, you were the freaking heel. You should have ran with that for a few months. Not turn around and put on another baby face. That made no sense. But me and Chris just had to agree to disagree. You didn't see it that way. But reality, though, and I told to Chris on my podcast, and I told before, he had a factorization with Brandon Parker. He was his He did. That, was, that was his Back creation. Then, that was his creation. You know, so. He wanted to push Parker. Yeah, he saw something which, in him. Hey, looking back on it now, there ain't nothing you can do about it. Things happen. Maybe things happen for the better. I can't really say. You know, but I the just know. But record straight, you know, had nothing to do with your ego with the one no. championship. Did you embrace the one seven championship? Really, the match, my return match at Codename 187, to me, the chemistry wasn't there. Yeah, I was frustrated got because involved in that I was match. frustrated because, you know, my frustration was the whole storyline that I had in general idea of was blown to bits because it was supposed to be me and Chris one-on-one for the championship, which then was AWF, didn't know we were going to switch to EWWA at the time. It was time. a merger, it was a merger. But that was a merger, okay, I get it, you know, but still, that championship, you know, but we go in, okay, we're fighting for the, the 187 championship, I'm like, the what? You know, then we had to get explained, had to sit down and watch these, these little vignettes, I mean, they were building it up, I give them that. You know, about these 187 things and everything like that. And Parker gets introduced to it. When I left, Parker was my ally. Draven was my ally when I left. I remember that. What sense does it make for him to get interjected into this match? Oh, well, he wants to wrestle. Okay, but what sense does it make? And then I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And the match sucked. I'm not going to lie. Compared to Annihilation, that match sucked. Oh, yeah. It couldn't have been dubbed. It couldn't have been duplicated at that point. It's like my heart and soul wasn't quite there. You know, because it's like everything I thought was being built up for is gone. You know, I can't even have my one-on-one match with Chris to redeem myself. Can't have, you know... Can't go after the heavyweight title because, hey, there's no AWF heavyweight title. Or there's no heavyweight title, period. There's a new title that was made up, and I caught wind. It was to appease ego. Like, okay. So my heart wasn't in it. 
I didn't give it my all in that match, and I can, yeah, it shows. You can tell you were holding back. I was holding back. And the excuse I gave was, I didn't want to hurt nobody. Because I have newfound strength in my abilities, because went through boot camp, I was fresh out of boot camp, didn't want to hurt nobody. You know, that was the excuse I was giving. But my heart wasn't in it. I honestly can tell you my heart wasn't in it. You know, I felt like, yeah, granted, I won the match, but I felt defeated. You know, as much as I did for these guys and everything like that, for them to turn around and say, oh, we made it to appease his ego. What? You know, that's the part that I was like, okay, I'm defeated. You know, I thought I was doing every, you know, figured I had everything set up. You know, everybody was all hunky-dory, and then, oh, we did it for his ego. Okay. I think I've said enough about that. No, I you, repeat it you did. You did fine, man. Right, speak your mind. It's the shootout. You know, I, I, t I tell people all the time, this is a chance for you to de-stress, let it out. It's on your chest, man. Let it out. This is wrestling therapy. That's what I call this show. It's a wrestling therapy show. Say what you want to say, you know. But now, you know, this is this is the end of part one. We've reached our time limit on this show. When we come back on part two with Christian Fury. We're going to answer the real tough questions. The questions that deal with James Houston. The questions that deal with Christopher Dickens. And Fury's opinion, what led to the demise of the Adrenaline Wrestling Foundation? Or is it dormant? Or is it sleeping? Will AWF come back? And we're going to talk about his contributions to UCW. All this in part two of the Wrestling Shootout. I am your host, the Five for Pain, Bill Blanchard. This is Touch My Bass Production with Christopher Dwayne Dickens. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.